Welcome to Salt and Light. I'm Charles van Veek. Wonderful to have you visiting with us as we talk about some interesting issues regarding Christianity, our life with Christ, what the Bible has to say about various contemporary issues. And today we're going to be speaking about goal setting. So welcome to Ashley and Olga in the studio with us. They are young people. We will find out a little bit more about them for those who haven't heard them on Salt and Light before. And uh, we are going to have a great time and chat about goal setting for Christians. What a wonderful, exciting topic. So if you have a young person, a a student maybe, somebody at school, I can't remember what they call school children anymore. We used to call them scholars, but there's another word, learners. A learner or somebody at university or college, bring them over to the radio and let them listen to how Ashley and Olga set goals to get through their diploma degrees and they're live so far. So, Ashley, welcome to Salt and Light. Thank you so much for having me. Great to have you with us, Ashley. Tell us a little bit about your studies. What did you study? Um, so, I studied graphic design for um, three years, and I have my degree. You got a degree in, in graphic, graphic design. design. Yes. Wonderful. And what's the degree called? Um, it's called a Bachelor of Arts in Graphic okay, Design. Okay, so BA. Yes. Cool. <laughs> Olga, welcome to Salt and Light. Great to have you in the studio with us. Thank you so much for having me. How old are you? Um, I'm 26, no, going on 27. Yeah, yeah, to think about it. Ah, <laughs> see, yeah, I've been yeah. told I'm not allowed to ask girls their ages, but, well, you know, you, you, you guys are still young. So um, your uh, studies, your post-matric uh, studies, what did you do? I studied a diploma in human resource management. Human resource management. Yes. And are you, you're apparently going to be studying further. Yes. Are you crazy? <laughs> no, I'm not crazy. I just love studying. Oh, you love studying? Yes. Okay, fantastic. So what are you up to next? Um, I'm going to do a um, Bachelor of Commerce. Oh, become. Yes. Goodness me. Wow. So here we go. Lots and lots of parents I've spoken to have said that their children are exhausted, uh, for want of a better word, worn out, mm-hmm. not doing well. Um, what, else, what else can I say? Um, they, they're struggling at school and at college and at university and all the different uh, places that one can be at your sort of age or just younger than you too. Mm-hmm. And um, I want to talk about goal setting. Now, many Christians would argue that, um, you know, God is sovereign. He controls everything. Well, you know, why would we need to set any goals? Now, mm-hmm. I, I don't think that's a very good argument mm-hmm. uh, because um, Scripture is full of men who had goals, crossing seas and oceans and um, crossing mountains and all sorts of things, uh, climbing up walls, getting away from the bad guys, being lowered out. Uh, they all had goals. They were going to do something. They were going to fight or they were going to do research or they were going to um, take the gospel out to all the nations. They were um, starting the churches in the New Testament. And so they had these goals of going out and setting up churches, planting churches, organizing elders and deacons and pastors. So lots of goal setting going on. So we want to just talk about your age group, early 20s, Olga, just over mid-20s, and, <laughs> uh, and how you structured your lives to be able to deal with um, the world of education, um, the struggles that go with it, and all that sort of thing. So, Olga, I'm going to start with you. 
your environment that you studied in, were you in a hostel, were you at home, where were you while you had to sit with the books and go through them and struggle with all the new ideas? No, I did. Um, um, I was in college and then everything else I had to do it at my flat. And I actually, I also love going to the library. So, yeah. So your it, environment changed. Yes. Sometimes changed. you're sitting in class, sometimes you're at home, sometimes you're in the library. Exactly, yes. Because a lot of uh, young people now, students apparently don't have much of a choice. Some of the classes are completely closed. Others only allow certain amount of students in a class. It's become very disrupted, apparently, mm-hmm. uh, under the circumstances now. But what is your favorite way of uh, studying? Um, do you, are you a listener? Are you a reader? I'm a reader. I You're definitely a reader. love reading. Okay. Yes. yes, yes. I don't yes. like uh, I don't like listening. Also, I prefer to read for okay. for learning and grasping yeah. information, because uh, if I miss something, if somebody says it, then I can't push the rewind button in a lecture. Exactly. <laughs> I'm like I don't know what they're carrying on about now. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm old, you know, I'm 53, so it takes, uh, it takes me a long time to grasp <laughs> new concepts. Um, so, and Ashley, yourself, uh, are you a reader, listener? What What do you... Um, I think I'm a bit of both. I think I'm a bit of both. I um, enjoy listening, um, but I like to have something in front of me as well. And um, for me, the best way that I remember information is if I can fully understand a concept, process it myself, and then re-explain it to someone in my own way. Um, then you know you've grasped the idea. Then I know that I have it. Yeah. Great. All right, let's get, let's get straight then into our, our ideas of goal setting. Mm. Are there any scriptures that come to mind at all uh, regarding us setting goals, being prepared, you know, looking out for the future? Anything at all? Well, I have a lovely scripture Mm -hmm. um, from Proverbs 21, verse 5. And it says, The plans of the diligent lead surely to abundance, but everyone who is hasty comes only to poverty. And um, I really like this because I feel like, especially for me, I'm... um, I'm still in my early 20s, 23, but I feel like I'm running out of time and I've got all these goals for myself. Um, I've done my studies, I've gotten through it, but now it's in my professional life, in my work career. I need to achieve certain things, but I always feel like I'm running out of time, like oh, I'm getting on in my in my years yes. and um, I'm scared I'm not going to achieve my things like fast enough for everything that I want. But um, this just helps me remember that. And, th- and that's stressful, isn't it? It, it is. It, it creates is stressful. lots of stress. Yes, but yeah. you're creating your own stress too, yes. in a way. <laughs> At the same time, you know, But, are, but yeah. it is it's society also mm. that's uh, come with all these ideas, you know, that's uh, forcing you to think, oh, I'm, I'm losing out. I, I've got to get this and I, you know, I missed out on that goal yeah. or whatever, you know. I feel like the, um, the new generation of the younger people, they're um, – the success, you, there are lots more young, successful people because of social media or like TikTok. It feels like... Having opened up a whole new world. Yes. Uh, I feel like there's so many more younger people that are hitting it big or making it big and I'm falling by the wayside or, yes. you know, you compare yourself. And many about, of them might not even have studied exactly. at all. It's like they didn't put in any effort. <laughs> there's a huge 
huge, um, I would say, sort of movement that's against studying and I've saying that, that you don't need it to be successful. Yes, I, yeah. I have come across that. I've actually come across a lot amongst my Western friends, as in uh, in America and places like that. But mm. it's not that they mustn't do anything. They're just becoming quite anti-college. Yes. And mm. so people are going back to doing uh, physical labor, as in, you know, um, becoming artisans and, and what mm. have you again. Mm. Uh, any scriptures on your side? Yes, Olga? yes, yes. I have Habakkuk 2, uh, um, from two to, 2 to 3. And then he said, And the Lord answered me, Write down the vision, make it plain on tablets, so he may run who reads it. For so the vision, the vision awaits its appointed time. So that verse to me is, um, you know, it shows how important it is to set goals, you know, to write it down. You need to have a target and work towards it. Mm. So I feel like it's really important to set goals in that manner because we're told to write down the vision. And in that manner, you work towards it because you know where you're going. Yes. So. And... Uh the interesting thing, too, is that uh, we've just been dealing with um, some young men that are in a music band and they're visiting from another country in the world. And they were just saying how they set a goal to not only do music in their own country, but to reach out to other countries. Mm -hmm. And while they'd set this goal, the next thing, South Africa started flashing on their computer systems as being the highest downloads or listenership mm -hmm. out of the whole rest of the world. Um mm -hmm you know, outside of their country, which is Canada. And they came over here to do concerts in South Africa. But the interesting thing was, if they'd never set the goal and they'd seen, well, oh, South Africa's flashing and there's a lot of people interested in our music there, and they hadn't set it as a goal to go out to other countries to reach out to them, they might never come here and just said, oh, well, that's interesting. Look exactly. at that. Yeah. No goals, no going forward, no nothing. Mm. Um, so it's it's pretty fascinating. But actually, when you were setting goals, I want to get back to when you were a student. Yes. Um, we'll get to later life just now. Um, what what kind of issues interfered with your goal setting? For me personally, um, I would say procrastination. Um, so. I, it's just so much to do. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's so much to do. It does become overwhelming. And I mean, from school, from um, before I matriculated, um, I would say I was an average student and I didn't really learn how to manage my own time. So I feel like in schools, they structure everything for you. Um, obviously, pre-COVID as well. Yes, and you were told what to do what and to you do. did it. So... Mm -hmm. I didn't have any sort of personal time management. So when I went into university, they do slightly try teach you, but you're on your own. You have yes. to learn how to manage your own time, set your own pace. And like they give you these tasks and you just have to complete it by the due dates. If you don't, they have no mercy. Yes. And sometimes you'll have no tasks and others you'll have four to do in a week. In, in a week. Exactly. <laughs> it's like one a day. Yeah. So, um, for me, it was my procrastination that um, was sort of my biggest hindrance. I didn't know how to work the full time that I was given. I left a lot to the last two weeks and then the final week. And um, 
Well, yeah. well, either way, you, you, you've got your degree, so it must have, must have panned out in the end for you. Yeah, I would say because I just, was... Just a very stressful couple of years. <laughs> yes, it was definitely stressful, but because I was in a sort of a creative industry and degree, they do say that stress helps with your creativity. With the performance uh, yes. and the creative. So oh, my goodness me. Yes, so a good sign, but... Um, I had a friend who was involved in the uh, creative world, and he said he could go into the office one day, and he said, there's just nothing coming, you know? Mm-hmm. There's no ideas, nothing he said to me, the best place I could be instead of the office would be on my surfboard. He oh, says, yeah. you can't believe the amount of ideas I get when I'm on my surfboard. But <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like, well, they weren't going to let him off yeah. work to go surfing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Olga, what did you struggle with uh, with your goal setting and uh, with regards to studies in particular? I think I, I, I struggled a lot with change. You, you know, the change of environment wasn't good for me. Uh, when I was still in high school, I went to my father's school until grade 11. Your, I was, your father uh, ran a private school? Yes. Yes. I was an A student. You know, I, I was always in the top five. Everything yes. was good. And then I, when my father's school closed down, I had to go to a different private school. And everything went south. I actually had to repeat my metric from there. So it, it, it had me worried knowing that, you see, I don't deal with change very well. Imagine when I moved from high school to university. Yeah, so the struggle wasn't learning from the books. It no. was just the whole environment yeah, was so foreign was, and different that it yeah, for just me. put you out altogether. Because I was a very quiet person and I, I like my time. You were a quiet person. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I know that many people would disagree with that, but I really was a quiet person uh, and I was very shy. Great. So, yeah, it didn't work out for me. And then after my metric, I also studied quite a few things before I did my HR mm. is because, you know, I, I was, you know... So I, you've I, done I, multiple I, courses. It's not yes, just the I one. Yes, I did electrical engineering. Um, yeah, so... Yes. Yeah, it was overwhelming for me, you know, trying to find the easiest course for me to do because it was a new environment. So I told myself that I need to start with something and then get used to the place, get used that to being sense. on my that own. That makes sense. Get used. So I think yes. it's very good that you set goals while you're still in school and prepare yourself for the near future. Yes. You know? I've got a friend that uh, was possibly, I would rate, one of the top math teachers in the whole of South Africa. Um, he he was one of the people who set the maths papers for the matrics in South Africa. He was a matric marking maths uh, teacher. He was headhunted uh, out of South Africa very quickly um, <laughs> and, and what have you. And he said to me, if you ever needed to train somebody else to get them up, they've got goals. They, they don't understand what's going on. They need to get into their maths and what have you. He said, I'll start off with a, new, with a new student that comes to me for help. I'll go back three grades. Uh, three grades. And he said, it's not about the, the fact that the kid can do it or can't do it. He said, it's to get the confidence up. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's exactly what you're saying. I started yes. doing things that were easy, that I could win, that I could pass. Exactly. And then you build up from there. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a, a really interesting issue when it comes to our goals and education and uh, something that teaches us in our Christian lives too, you know. Um, you don't have to do everything tomorrow. No. Um, that's true. Do small things. Get your goals done. Um, I spoke to somebody that was working in a Christian mission organization. She's completely overwhelmed with her administration. And she had to send out loads and loads of thank you letters, which in those days you had to physically print, sign everyone, you know, envelope with the label, stamps, everything, and what have you. Wow. And she's completely overwhelmed. She said, if I spend my days doing this, I'll never get to all my other work. I need to help the missionaries in the field and run everything. Mm. So I said, well, just do 10 thank you letters a day. She said, no, no, we can't do 10 letters a day. And she gave me this whole spiel. 
And at the end of the week, she came to me and said, gee, it worked. <laughs> I did 10 letters a day. It took me no time to get through those 10 letters. I had the whole rest of the day to do all my other admin. And in a week, all 50 letters were done. It was all gone. And, yeah. uh, and so we can do little small things, but always moving in the right direction exactly. of our goals. Yeah. Now, Ashley, back to you. Yes. Okay. When you're at university or college, there your lecturers or professors set mm-hmm. your goals for you. You don't have a choice really often. Yeah. Uh, at, uh, maybe at doctorate level you do, but if you're doing a bachelor's, they're going to set your goals and you're going to reach them or you don't. That That's yes. your, your challenge on how you're going to get there. Yeah. Outside of that, how do you set goals? In other words, I'm wanting to know how do you physically do it? Somebody's listening. They're saying, gee, this is interesting. These people have quoted scripture. God obviously is into people setting goals and achieving them and finding direction in their lives. Yes. Um, do you physically and write on a piece of paper? Do you type it up? Mm. Do you just think nice thoughts? Uh, what, what did you do? You, um, you've been successful in your studies. Yes. What did you do? Um, so for me, it's like a combination of a few things. Um, but so I use my phone. Um, I have notes on my phone. And I will. So I have my my big goals and my big vision. And then I have sort of your, you divide it into your smaller parts of what can I do in a shorter amount of time? Because your big goals or your big vision, say if you're starting your degree, um, is to finish your degree. So that's going to take you a few years. So what do you focus on in your first year? And how can you look at all your subjects and get good marks? And um, then it's sort of, it comes down to your daily schedule. And um, so every. So you, you are you working backwards? Like if you've got a book with twenty chapters and you've got ten days, are you saying, "Well, yeah, I can fit two in a day" or something like? Well, in your case, ten ten a day in the last two <laughs> days or, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's exactly what I'm saying. So yes. you look at the bigger picture, but then you sort of look at where you're starting and you so, make. So you've got steps. a big, massive goal, and then you're so cutting it up into smaller goals to reach the big goal. Yes, because I feel like if. Well, for me, at least, sometimes I get lost in my big goals or the the big dreams or the big end goal. And then in your day to day, you lose your steps if you don't plan because... And then you miss the big one altogether. Exactly. Because um, you're, I not think doing, this, you're not taking little steps anymore. I feel like the secret to proper success is in your daily habits. And um, that's why I believe it's really important to write down the goals for every day and not write down like 20 things you have to get in the day because that gets overwhelming. But I would say usually the top five things are the most important things um, that you have to finish today. And then your list can be longer. Um, Say you've got five more things, but they're not as important Then they can go to the next day. Or, you know, you just have to set your goals, know that you need to achieve that and then make sure you do. Yes. And do you make, um, do you open up to be able to change the goals as you go along because of circumstances that are out of your control that might come across Mm -hmm. your path? Oh, you definitely have to because we will experience. um, There might be delays. I mean, I've known students who couldn't get their textbooks for three months and the lectures are going on, but there's no textbooks available in South Africa. All sorts of things happen. We also had lots of textbook problems and internet problems, connections. Yes, connections, can't get on. People in the middle 
middle of exams and the internet connection goes off, yeah. you know, now during COVID. A lot of um, our assignments need to be um, graded online by a turn it in and then sometimes that crashes. There's too many people or on at the same time. It glitches yes. because the people have submitted before you, so the words are the same. So then it's saying you plagiarized them. Oh my goodness. So it yes, gets, if you're quoting from the same sources and things that can gets cause trouble. Very complicated. Um but yeah, it's is it's Good. Well, that's uh, really interesting. Uh, Olga, outside of studies, now we've been talking a lot about studies today and we are aiming that particularly because we're wanting to reach our two young people who are at school and what have you. Uh, are there other areas of life that one can set goals into? Uh, maybe, for instance, like relationships um, or um, sport or fitness. Um, is that a place that one can set goals or is that just, you know, sort of, by the way, extras that people just have fun in? <laughs> no, we can set goals everywhere. Like myself, uh, I've put goals when it comes to, to fitness, you know. Obviously, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a very thin person, so people will tell me, oh, well, there's no need for you to exercise. Why are you bothering yourself? Yes. But then I was, you know, I'm one person who wants to eat everything anything. <laughs> I want to eat food all the time. So I, I would tell myself that, you know what, I need to exercise to keep fit. I need to eat my greens, drink my water. I, I would have that discipline, even though from time to time I have my pizzas or burger or anything. But then I would set goals that, you know what, for me to be fit, I cannot keep eating burger every day. Or I cannot keep postponing my day of exercises then I, you know, you, you never get it done. Sure. You know, if, sure. You if, it's, miss, not a, if it's not a goal, it's just not going to happen. You see, exactly. Yes. So it's, it's just like when you have a, you know, you're at the shooting range. If you keep shooting at the sky, you feel like all is going well. But if you put a target there, you realize that your shooting is not as good as you thought. <laughs> <That's> so <right. laughs> it, 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 it's it's something like that. It's like even with the fitness people, you know, you, you have a scale that you need to keep weighing yourself. You need to keep, keep checking stuff. You know, if I run uh, 10 kilometers for for 40 minutes, you know, if I don't tie myself all the time, then I just feel like, oh, as long as I get there. But then when I'm running and I tie myself, it's 40 minutes and three weeks later I get there with, by, by 35 minutes, then I know where I'm going. Sure. Because I'm working towards something. Maybe I run a marathon and I need to achieve a certain Well, now you're going time. overboard. Now you're going <laughs> overboard. You're talking about marathons so, here now. Yeah, <laughs> so it's sports and fitness for me. So, yeah, so you set goals for everything. Yeah. Well, in the, in the Christian world, we had something called spiritual disciplines, which mm -hmm. you never hear about anymore. And the idea was that you disciplined yourself in certain areas in your spiritual life, which is, I much submit, is a very difficult place to um, to not control, but to keep tabs on. Mm -hmm. um, you know, yeah, uh, to maintain, to right? maintain, or to know if you've reached your goal. Yeah, you know, it's, it's yeah. really difficult. I mean, you can say you're going to pray five minutes every single day. But your mind might be wandering for those five minutes and so you've been completely ineffective. You've actually done nothing more than just meditating. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? And yeah. Because you've got some other issues that are uh, bothering you or whatever. Mm -hmm. So everybody struggles with these ideas. Um, how, how does one even structure a goal setting? We've only got three minutes left. But how, <laughs> how does one structure goal setting when it comes to intangible kind of goals? It's a very difficult question. I'm just wondering because I don't know the answer. So I thought you guys with all your degrees and diplomas <laughs> should be able to answer that. Um, Any ideas? I, I think...
think it also might come down to your faith and just yes. believing um, and trusting in God that um, it will happen. And he's, I feel like um, God has a plan for us. Yes. And um, I think it's extremely important that you're saying that because some of our goals that we set might not be goals that we actually need. Yeah. You know, some people, for instance, might spend all their time with goals in sport and then they don't pass the exams, exactly. you know, their studies. So just as an example, mm. or they... Um, give up their prayer meetings or Bible studies or their quiet times because of this greater goal, which just destroys the whole idea of the greater goal because, you know, if your spiritual life is completely uh, non-existent now, mm. what's the use of reaching this great goal and, you know, your relationship with the Lord is down the drain, um, exactly. you know, you're kicking the dog and you're shouting at the kids, <laughs> you know, so I think that's, that's a very important uh, area. Yeah. Any other Bible verses or ideas before we close off? Um, I have a very popular verse yes. that is one of my favorites that I'd like Let to Let us hear it. Which is Jeremiah 29 verse 11. And it says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Beautiful. And well I, I have Psalm 37 verses 4 to 5. It says, Take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desire of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord and trust in Him. Praise the Lord for that. Yes. Amen. So we must put God first. Amen. We mustn't um, renege on our time with the Lord, our prayer times and our times of studying His Word and Scripture. And all the other goals and all the other ideas we have should come secondary to that. Mm -hmm. And uh, thank you for those wonderful words, ladies. Uh, Olga, thanks for being with us this morning. Ashley, thanks for joining us. Thank, thank you so much for having us. You've been listening to Charles van Veek and Salt and Light on Radio Tigerberg. Great to have had you with us. Uh, God bless and keep safe. I'm Charles van Veek. Welcome to Salt and Light. It's wonderful to have you with us in the studio again. And we have our friends Ashley and Olga with us at Salt and Light. If you haven't heard from them before or listened to them on our program, uh, we're going to introduce them right now. So I'm Charles van Veek and Ashley, please introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Ashley. I am 23 and I'm a graphic designer. And you work within the mission organization. Yes. Yes, Olga, welcome. Hi, thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, I'm Olga. I'm 26 years old and I have a diploma in human resource management. Now I work full-time in ministry. Fantastic. Welcome. Two young ladies working in missions and ministry. And uh, I'm the old guy, Shaw, and we are going to talk about finances and possessions today. Uh, there's been a big challenge uh, in South Africa and uh, worldwide because of the um, COVID lockdowns and issues and many, many people have been suffering financially um, or uh, with their possessions and how to deal with things. So it's been a really tough time. Lots of people are stressed out mm -hmm. and uh, we want to talk about our possessions, our finances, um, how do we deal with these things as Christians? So I thought two young ladies um, who can give us a good idea. Neither are married, neither have children. Yeah. So we're going to be talking to young people uh, particularly, but I'm sure those of us with married who are married and have children will learn from at least the scripture verses that we're going to be dealing with and some of the practical tips. So Ashley, what kind of scriptures come to mind if we're dealing with finances? Um, so one scripture that really comes to mind for me is um, 
Uh, Matthew 6, verse 24, which says, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Mm, interesting one. Yeah. Olga, what do you have to quote from Scripture? I have Hebrews 13, verse 5. It says, Keep your life free from the love of money. Be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Interesting. Here we go. Some some interesting uh, scriptures to get started with. Uh, how do we... It, it, the way the, the first scripture mm. is worded, it sounds like money could be so effective that it can draw you away from God. It's almost like a God on its, uh, on its own. Yes. Which is quite frightening. It definitely is frightening. I spoke to a friend many, many years ago when we were still young, and he said to me, we, we gave him gospel presentations amongst our friends, and we were a bunch of Christians, and, and he wasn't, but he loved being with us. He enjoyed our, us going out and doing things and mountain climbing and what have you together. And one evening we were chatting, and he said to me, the reason I don't want to become a Christian is because I know that I can't serve God and love money. Mm. And he says, I'll stick with the money, thanks. Mm. So, so he knew and he understood this. Yeah. Does that sound weird or? It sounds, um, it sounds familiar. Um, I think, um, as a young person and the people that I know or see online, I feel like um, at this time of your life, most of us are chasing money because you are trying to build up your career and your life, and everyone wants sort of material wealth you want to be able to live comfortably or you want to be able to do the things you want to do and um that all comes back to money and how you you know how, how you make it and how you spend it exactly or how you save it exactly yeah. yes. well you know um olga the, the scripture talks about uh the love of money being the sin not the actual cash yes. uh, so it's very much the matter of how we treat money or how we deal with money how we work with it um, one of the challenges I've seen, I know you, the ministry you've been involved in, is that um, we in our ministry have been worked with, worked with very poor people living in shacks. And we've gone out of our way on occasion to organize jobs for those people. We've set them up and they've gone off to, to take part in some kind of economic activity and they're now getting money in and all of a sudden, you don't see them at church anymore. They disappear. Next thing, they're drinking at the Shabin, and the money's been thrown away. And it's almost as if when they didn't have the funds, they were far more closer to God. <laughs> they were more involved in the in the church life and with the life with Christians. And then somehow um, it all fell apart once they were getting money every month. Yeah. Um, and I, I know that's not the norm for everybody, mm -hmm. but you've been working for years in communities that are struggling and uh, difficult to work with. What are your some of the ideas you have on how one deals with these issues? Uh, you know, unfortunately, we live in a crazy, funny, scary world, and one cannot help but uh, want to, 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 to control um, the, their life and their money. You see, if 
you know, the first mistake we make, I think, it's it's when you start earning stuff and start telling you yourself that it's yours. You did that. Only you. It was all you. Mm-hmm. And then you forget that this whole time when you had nothing, you've been praying for God to help you. You've been praying for God to do this. And when you get the help, you feel like it was all you. So it's, I think, um, with the whole social media and the whole influence out there, it's so easy for you to get swallowed up in that whole, uh, you know, scenario and the way people are living now. Because like you said, I've seen it many times in the townships, you know, in townships when people, they were fine. And then all of a sudden they get jobs, they earn money, they're trying to fit in, trying to wear more, you know, fancier clothes, newer phones, you know, nice shoes and all that which there's nothing in wanting nice stuff for yourself the problem you know it's when you start saving money it's when that's all that matters to you yes it becomes a priority in your life it becomes your god and it becomes your god yeah like the the, the verse that that actually just read it becomes your god so you'll be saving two masters now you end up being faithful to the money like she said that you know you cannot save two masters Mm. And and we do find it in, um, it's not only uh, people that have been struggling that now get money that fall into that sin. Lots of people who've grown up with money also fall into the the love of money. And, um, you know, that's why people go to prison. It's from white-collar crime. You know, they've been uh, getting up to shenanigans in their companies, you know, with money and and, uh, dealing illegally with it and and whatever. So it's at all areas. We're all desperately wicked sinners. Um, But... uh, the interesting thing that you brought up, Olga, was the fact that where does the money come from and who's the ultimate, the blessing, where, where did it come from? And that is it came from the Lord. Mm-hmm. And I had a, a friend, a missionary friend who passed away a couple of years ago. And I remember her saying to me, we are just conduits of God's funds. Uh, speaking to me as another missionary, this is that's not your money that you're given. You're a conduit. God's given you the funds to bless others with. And I thought we should all be doing that. Yeah. I mean, somebody asked us once, uh, I was standing at a church and they cross-questioned me about my ministry and they said, what's it like living by faith? And I said, well, we all live by faith. In fact, I said, most businessmen in South Africa, quite frankly, need more faith than a missionary right now. <laughs> <laughs> but but that's the thing, you know, there, there isn't this little spiritual world over there that's mm. separate to your money and your health and your studies and everything else. Where every area of our life should be encompassed with God's word and uh, delighting in his presence and living our lives um, to further his kingdom mm. here on earth. So for young ladies that are not married and don't have children, yes. what kinds of financial ideas do you need to consider that others wouldn't have to that might be married or uh, might have multimillionaire um, uh, uh, fiancés or, yeah. or something like that what, what kinds of issues does one need to consider and think about already at, at this age um, I think for myself um, because I am just a single person it's all about um, how I need to build myself up but um yeah, in a way that it's long lasting. So, um, you know, it's it's sort of implementing ideas or how can I maybe start a business that will that can grow and then develop from there. And yeah, so investing, investing funds for the future, definitely saving for the future yes. as well, because um, 
you know, if I have plans to travel or um, buy a house one day or a car, these are the things I need to um, be prepared for. You need to start for preparing yes. for that. That's right. Olga, yourself? Yeah, um, I, all I do is save because I have set, you know, a certain goal. So I'm working towards that. So every single day, whatever it is that I do, it has to get me closer to what I want. So if I plan on buying a house one day and I keep uh, spending money the wrong way, then obviously I won't have that house. So I am all about saving and um, I don't like sitting on my hands if I have a free time and somebody's willing to teach me something that can help me and a little you bit of something, I'm ready um, to learn. Right. To learn. Right. Well, that's great. <laughs> I was listening to somebody that's speaking about investments and, and financial matters the other day. And he said something interesting. He said the first thing you need to invest in is yourself. Yes. Exactly. He says, you're not going to know how to handle any other investments if you don't invest in yourself. And he's talking about educating yourself mm. and preparing yourself spiritually and psychologically. And he deals with those sorts of issues. He says, you know, there's certain areas that in the world of investment that if, if you're not disciplined and you can't put your emotions aside – don't invest in those areas because mm-hmm. it'll it'll drive you nuts. <laughs> so these are all kinds of things we need to consider. The other thing he says, well, first of all, he says you must invest in yourselves. Then he says invest, invest in business, which is what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Then he says property and other areas like shares or uh, cryptocurrencies or whatever. That's basically the last areas, you know. Yeah. And so it's, it's pretty interesting because sometimes we really do get mixed up. We don't invest in ourselves. Then we take extremely high risks in areas where we haven't got a clue of what we're doing. And then uh, we're not surprised when we lose everything. And this has just happened in South Africa now. There's been what they call these Ponzi schemes and lots of Christians put their money into the, you know, particularly one of these these schemes. And the whole thing has gone to naught. And Mm. people have lost multi-millions, some people, in these things. And so one has to be careful. And you need to know what you're doing. But the Bible also tells us that we need to invest in the lives of others. Mm. So some ideas on that, young ladies. Well, I feel that, you know, um, whatever we have, like I said, is been given to us and to the Lord. And we are to share with those that have less. So if somebody's in need, I feel like uh, they, you know, if you can help, there's no harm in helping. So, yeah, we, what we have, we have to use it to further the kingdom of God. And to bless others. And to bless others. Can you, have you come across the, this idea, uh, you probably have, where you've helped others and you've been a blessing to them. Now, put aside the fact that they weren't even thankful, never mind that, but you're helping actually hurt them. Well, yes. Where you actually need more wisdom and prayer sometimes in making these decisions. Has that, has that happened to you? Yes, it has happened to, to me. It's happened to me. Times. I'm glad yes. I'm not the only one here. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I mean, and that's what happens. And things, when something like that happens, it can be a bit discouraging if you... It can be. ...not standing on a firm foundation, you know. So you just need to tell yourself that whatever you're doing, is you're doing it for the Lord. It is discouraging when you're trying to help and then you end up hurting instead. Yes, so that, those are issues that we really need to consider because, you know, to help others, to bless others, to give tithing, whatever you want to call it, double tithing, um, there's lots of other words that are used in Scripture regarding this. 
But the point is we command it to do it. Yes. And sometimes the people that are the recipients don't often deal with things the way we would like them to, but that's not our problem. Exactly. That's between them and the Lord. Yeah. And um, are there any verses that one can think of about giving or being a blessing to others with um, the resources God has blessed us with? Anything out there, tithing, giving, um, uh, how do we see in Scripture that we need to be a blessing to others? Are there ideas in Scripture regarding that? Um, yes, I have a Scripture from the uh, the book of Nehemiah, yes. chapter 10, that says we will bring our fruit, our first fruits to the Lord. So it's like when you're blessing others, you know, you give to somebody as if you're giving to the Lord. So I feel that... Um, the it's first not, fruit, so that's it, from it, your labors. Yeah, exactly. Yes, and your... your um, well, in that conjunction, it's probably talking about vineyards mm -hmm. and giving the, the Lord the first fruit from the vines, mm -hmm. I would think. Yes, but uh, yeah, yeah. so when I use this verse myself, I feel that, you know what, the principle is the same. You know, I don't own a vineyard, but um, I do have something. So when I get that, the, 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 the payback, you know, when I get a payment from that and then I have to give to the house of the Lord in any way, whether through blessing an individual or somebody straight or through giving to the house of the Lord. Yes, and I, I know for a fact that you are helping young boys that do a little bit of gardening and things to make some money and what have you. And uh, they, you, you sometimes become their banker and their helper and advisor and that sort of thing. Do you encourage them to give away some of their funds that they've made? I mean, they're, they're gardening once a week or something like that. They, you know, in later years in school. Um how how do you help disciple these these youngsters? Yes, um, you know, unfortunately, with this, uh, uh, we we are starting from scratch here because these are the people that have never learned to save or anything. So I do tell them well, that never had money before. Never had money before. <laughs> yeah, actually, right, yes. Right. <laughs> so I do tell them that you know what, when you want something, now that you earn a little bit of something, you need to save up all this money and go and get something. But always remember, it's not always about you. You know, it's not always about you. This money that you're earning, no matter how little, it doesn't have to be for you only. If there's somebody who needs a pencil and you can help, you go and help that person. And then it's not all about saving up and buying something for yourself. If you need, if your mother needs uh, the uh, washing soap, then go get the washing soap because you can afford to do that. So you are blessing others as, as well with the little that you have. Yes. Because you're giving from the heart. Mm -hmm. yeah. And um, I also feel that this is um, this is very uncommon. Like uh, the spirit of giving or kindness and generosity in the younger generation, uh, it feels very lacking for me. Um, when I was doing my studies, um, the young people that I encountered that weren't Christian. Um, it completely confused me when I first met them because I was so used to, um, you know, giving or sharing mm -hmm. or just being generous in, you know, my time, my things, like something like food, if you share food at lunch times and everything. And um, these other people just weren't. And I was sort of, I would say in my ignorance, expecting the same in return because I was used to that in the Christian environments that I grew mm -hmm. up in. And, and it's certainly um, not like that. Definitely <laughs> not. Um, so, yeah, and I've continued to see that people, um, unfortunately, the young people, they aren't. They aren't giving. They aren't kind and generous. They want to um, they keep want everything for themselves. For themselves and, it's all and about... They want returns on, on what they 
when they bless others, they want returns on it. Exactly. <laughs> I yeah. think that when they give to others, they feel like, the, you know, people always want to be better than the other. They feel like if they help you or give you, you would have the same as them and then they will have nothing to brag about. Oh, <laughs> that's same level. dangerous. So I think yes. that's part of the problem. Well, it's interesting that you mentioned that, Ashley, because I've just read a really great book uh, written in, I think it was the 70s, mm-hmm. by a young man that took the gospel to Indians living in the... Amazon jungle and never, in fact, nobody had ever learned this tribe's um, language called the monotones. And in fact, anybody, anybody from the West that had ever tried to contact him, they just murdered them. And so nobody had made contact. By God's grace, this young man made contact with them. And he said it was interesting living amongst them because they they completely consumed by just looking after themselves um, until they came to faith in Christ and they heard the gospel. And he said it would be so bad that literally they would live in communal homes and somebody would be dying next to one family and another family just hadn't passed on the medicine um, that they had been given to give to the other family and people would die and they wouldn't care. Uh, It would be that stark in your face. And yet when they came to Christ and uh, they saw the love of Jesus and the difference that made, completely revolutionized the whole tribal world that they were living in. And they were blessing others and trying to help each other and, you know, growing um, food and things and passing it out to those who were struggling and or might have not been able to afford it. Mm-hmm. A whole different world they lived in, yeah. you know. And ended up that this missionary spoke before the United Nations and Congress in America and all that kind of thing because he had um, helped them put their language into writing and uh, teaching the children and all that. It was a matter from his perspective of giving, giving, blessing, 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 mm. you know, and only once the Holy Spirit really started working in the hearts and the minds of these people, you just saw this turnaround of people wanting to bless. And I think that's a, a interesting uh, idea that you bring up, Ashley, is that uh, we as Christians, to us, this often becomes the norm yeah. where we bless and we help and we do what we need to do. And that isn't the norm. That's, that that is not the norm out there, you know. <laughs> and um, and yet I've seen, I've traveled a, a lot to many different countries. I've been in lots of different cultures. And I've been um, uh, looking at what goes on in different countries. And let me tell you something. The Christian countries or Christians that have been f- countries that have been founded on Christian principles for generations they've been giving people and their countries are blessed. Yeah. And and you know we can find fault and we can say oh what we like what we like. But Christianized countries where people are giving and blessing others, God has blessed those countries. Yeah. And yet in Africa where I live and I come from <laughs> and my family's been here for 300 years, we seem to have more takers than givers. Yes. Um, and it's, it's a stock, stark, stark in your face contrast, uh, contrast yeah. you can to see a giving culture. You mm-hmm. can see the difference. Mm-hmm. And it's got nothing to do with skin color. No. It's got to do with the hearts of the people, their minds, their worldviews, the way they see things. And we as Christians need to understand that, that if we're giving from our own perspective, if we are giving uh, from our families, if our churches are giving. I mean, I've had people say to me, well, our church wants to tithe, wants us to tithe all the time, and we give and we give and we give, but the church doesn't give to anybody. Oh. Like, nothing goes out from there. Yeah. You know, they're not involved in missions. They're not helping other churches. They're not helping people in, in uh, areas where they're very poor. They're doing nothing. They're sitting with multi-millions. Oh. Um, 
of brands that come in every year and nothing goes further than their own little congregation. Yeah. In other words, they're just investing in themselves and their own property and things it, yeah. and, and what have you. And that, that's very disconcerting yeah. um, for we as Christians. are. Uh, the other issue uh, that I've dealt with with some young men that I work with in a, in a specific township is uh, with work is to say to them, God commands us to work. Mm. And in fact, he says that if we don't work, then we're not going to eat. And so we need to do work. And I said, the Bible doesn't say only work when you're going to get a nice salary or if somebody's going to pay you good money for doing the work. Yeah. I said, you work anyway. The Bible says you work. God will bless you. That's it. Yes. You don't have to ask all the time, how much am I going to get and what are you going to give me? And we have this in Africa all the time when we're trying to help people. Mm. A friend of mine who's uh, building a mission base in Zimbabwe uh, said to me the other day that he needed help with clearing the new road. He said, guess you came to help us. The drunkards in the village <laughs> came to help us clear the road. He said, the Christians came there and stood there and said, how much are you going to pay us to clear the road? He said, the drunkards <gasps> didn't ask for anything. Yeah. They're just hoping wow. that someday they're going to get blessed with the vegetables that are going to be grown on the mission base or something. Yeah. And he said, yeah. there they were laboring away for hours, the local drunks. Yeah. Um, and the Christians didn't want to help unless they were going to be paid. For mission base. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're sitting at home doing nothing. The reason they're there is because they don't have jobs. Yeah. And um, yet, uh, you know, and, and this is a real uh, troublesome idea uh, in our Christian community if mm -hmm. we don't want to bless others. Um, I was speaking to a, a bishop in another country, too, where they're wanting funds uh, for uh, from a mission organization to be able to feed people that are hungry. Mm. So I said, but... You've got free land, you've got free water, you've got free seeds from your government, and you've got free labor. Everybody's sitting around with no jobs. Why don't you clean the fields and plant some food? Yeah. No, weeks later, nothing's been done. Oh, well. It's like, no, they rather just want to beg and yeah. be given food from other people who are being productive and working the grounds and tilling the soil and... When it grows, you must just give it to the person who wants to sit on his behind and do nothing. Mm -hmm. So we've got a lot of these issues that we need to deal with. It's really difficult. But we are at the end of our Salt and Light program. So, Ashley, final comments from you and then from Olga, and then we'll have to close off. Um, I'd like to just end with a scripture. Um, that say, that's Luke 12, verse 15, that says, And he said to them, Take care and be on your guard against all covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. Amen. Yeah. Covetousness, big, Sorry, topic that, big topic that we didn't cover this morning uh, today. Thank you very much. Okay, I'll just like to say a little something that uh, to everyone listening out there that we are called to properly steward what God has given us and for, uh, foster a, a healthy relationship with money. That I'd like you to keep it uh, at the back of your head or in front of your, in your mind all the time that whatever you have has been given to you by the Lord. And you must use it wisely to feather his kingdom. Well, thank you very much, Olga. And Ashley, thank you for your pearls of wisdom today that we shared with us on Salt and Light. Thank you for thank having you us. for having us. I'm Charles van Weg. Thank you for listening to Salt and Light. And we are closing off. <laughs>